It's the VHS cult. Oh my God, you goddamn near broken my half. <laughs> Off the top rope with the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it's the VHS cult. I'm Kyle Blood, the king of movies. I'm a goofball. This is officially a no friends podcast. Do you have any friends? Hell no, I don't got no friends. I got you and my wife. I don't think those count. All right, yeah, I don't got any friends either. This is a no friends zone. No new friends, no old friends, no friend zone. Only friends I got, movies. Most of my friends are dogs. <laughs> All my friends are dead, like little Uzi Vert. <laughs> All my <laughs> friends are dead. Uh, no, I got some pretty tragic deaths from my past. But um, actually, most of my Arizona friends are still alive. There's just a few outliers. You know, you know people die. Sometimes they take too many drugs. Stuff like that. Sometimes they do do a little suicide. <laughs> no, okay. Such thing as a little suicide. <laughs> Just a little. What's one, a yeah. big one? Big ones like suicide by cop or um. Oh, like no, it's suicide. The big suicide is that that dude that uh, maybe flew a Malaysian airplane into the ocean. Yeah, that suicide. Right, that's a really big suicide. You just like that's you more know. of a. I mean, honestly, that's more of like a mass murder. Hmm. With the, that's the mass murder, big suit slash big suicide. This uh, this is getting cut. <laughs> nope, this is the opening to uh, our holiday cheer podcast about Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's all about death, like death. love, love and death. No, it's the death of summer, the transition of the seasons. We must prepare for the cold, harsh winter. We must kill our our children and bury their ashes. So that the the, spook, the spookums don't come. No, we have to disguise them from the spookums, make them look like spookums, so the spookums don't take them. I was thinking, what if that was real? You know that the veils stand on Halloween and like the dead and the spirits walk among us in disguise, right? And this year, they all come out and they're like, "What? Why is no one outside?" <laughs> and it's like really obvious. It'd be like this would be a, like a banner year for the Ghostbusters, right? Because <laughs> all like the fey folk and the spirits and stuff would come out, like "gotcha, bitch!" Like shooting fish in a goddamn barrel. Yep, I'm telling you, things are pretty spooky <laughs> right now. Spider Man, I got um, I'm basically broke. No job prospects. No friends. Uh, nothing to look forward to. The future looks grim. It's very spooky <laughs> in an existential way. Nah, spooky existentialism. This isn't a thing. That's just dread. This it's a new one. You know how like people uh 
come up with new like sort of slang terms for philosophical and societal concepts that already existed you see a lot on the internet i mean that's marxism but go ahead <laughs> yeah but so that's the this is a new one spooky uh, spooky existentialism <laughs> it's a new one even though there's already a word for it but <laughs> no we're, call, we're calling it spooky existentialism vhs yeah. called tm trademark in slang yeah the future's scary the way i see it now it's all k-pop vtubers and climate apocalypse <laughs> so future you have to look forward to no, don't worry. Cyberpunk 27 is coming out to save us all. It's got something to say. I per, no. It's got something to say about blue blue dicks. Oh, that cosplayer that had the light up dick. Yeah, I have. A, I don't pay attention to that shit. I just caught like a, the uh, periphery of that bullshit. Yeah, that's the extent I know about it. And I was like, mm, this is probably a weird choice. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. again, we've talked about this before, but mm, like maybe um. Hundred million dollar video game isn't the best place to explore capitalism and cyberpunk. Well, yeah, that's the thing is when people got outraged about the official artwork that showed a sexualized transgender woman with a dick, I was like, "This absolutely is a very good depiction of cyberpunk future where they would sexualize basically anything that they could sell as a product." <laughs> and then they right? literally kept using it in the marketing material. <laughs> Yeah, but then um, the thing is, the fact that it's coming from uh, arguably pretty regressive video game, million, billion dollar corporate video game is like, well, the, yeah, they're not the people to explore those concepts, I don't think. I just don't expect them to handle it very well, you know? Not that it should be off limits to storytelling, because I absolutely believe in the near future that um, transgenderism could be uh, corporatized and profited off of. Oh, they're already fetishizing it a little bit. I mean, yeah, that's all. Honestly, that's what Cyberpunk 2077 is doing. Yes, exactly. So that's absolutely a terrible thing that will happen with capitalism in the near future. I'm sure it's just, yeah, why I don't want some stupid video game to explore that idea because you know they're not going to handle it with any grace or dignity because they already people have made <laughs> Kyle you could collect uh, women's trading cards in that game when you had sex with them right in the first one oh was it just the first one just the, the first one had trading cards <laughs> and I got them all <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly the Witcher lifestyle is a lifestyle for me like I want to travel yeah. around killing monsters and like having sex with women absolutely but I've said it before, um, I am a victim of toxic masculinity. <laughs> uh, I do have like uh, conflicting desires and beliefs. I don't know if they necessarily in- interfere with my code of ethics. But, you know, if you can travel around killing monsters and banging hot babes, I'm down for it. Like, why not? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to? <laughs> well, know? honestly, the problem is not necessarily... Um the idea of the lifestyle it's just like eh, it's turning it the idea of turning it into a game is uh, oh yeah and also <laughs> the, the fact the the trading, trading card aspect like, oh man that's really there that's some real uh junior high shit there guys modification huh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah just i gotta complete my collection that wasn't my motivation i didn't care about the cards i just wanted to have sex with beautiful ladies electronically in the real world if i was a witcher i probably wouldn't have the emotional capability to do it anyways because i uh in in real life currently that's never been something i'm capable of doing i'd uh, probably what would happen is i would have sex with like um some witch woman and then hopelessly fall in love with her 
and uh, it would like uh, make me just uh, really emotionally vulnerable for the rest of my uh, monster hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle McDonald, the Witcher, who's constantly under the thumb of some crazy witch, <laughs> just can't get he over give it, a man. shit about him. <laughs> yeah, and just can't get over it, man. What's the deal? <laughs> Why didn't she want to hang out all the time? Damn. Speaking of the terrifying future, I have a terrifying tale of terror to tell you based on another movie I watched this week. I also watched Paranormal Activity and it's awful. Oh, I was thinking about rewatching Paranormal Activity and then um, I didn't because I just remember the end scene when the guy gets thrown into the camera. and That's the highlight of the action in the movie really yeah they kind of do the same thing over and over again for about 45 minutes straight mm-hmm. and then they do it over and over again for another five sequels i think i'm not gonna watch them so it doesn't matter this is yeah. the second time i watched it I'm, i've been bored both times i saw the theaters when it came out and it was an interesting experience i guess because it was a new way to present a found footage movie i guess with like static cameras or whatever but you're just basically watching a security feed for 40 percent of the movie <laughs> You know, that's pretty weird. No, that's what I'm into. That's going to be the future of movies. When we well, no, theaters, it, it's going to be all found footage from security cameras. It definitely works as like a YouTube channel, right? Where it's the top five spookiest ghosts this week. You know what I mean? I'll watch 15 minutes of that on YouTube. I don't want to watch a whole movie about it. You know, honestly, you can even try to turn that into a uh, like a Netflix horror Anthology. show. Yeah, but it only runs like, you know, 30 minutes an episode, right? Yeah, that'd be perfectly fun. You can even do it like uh, like a real ghost hunters idea, like a fictional ghost hunters. The ghost humpers. Yeah, that's what it is. We're going out there and we're we're rocking those ghost worlds. Yeah, it's produced by Harmony uh, Corinne. Dead worlds. Because lately I've been in the pursuit of understanding how to dismantle K-pop from within. I watched the documentary on Netflix about Blackpink, the K-pop group. <laughs> Was it horrible? Um. So here's the thing. They almost tricked me with how charismatic and lovable the members of Blackpink are. But the, the but, almost got me. But throughout the entire film, they keep getting so close to like letting the girls freely admit how they've basically been abused since their teenage years to be in this position. But they always pull it back because obviously one of the producers of the documentary is the company that basically owns them. You know what I mean? So they get real close to the girls like starting to cry about how they left their families at 14 and they didn't have anyone and they um, were emotionally and verbally abused by the producers (laughs) and had to work uh, 14 to 16 hour days, six days a week and didn't ever get days off or get to see their family, etc. etc. You know, all the civil rights violations that K-pop is constantly accused of but um they but the, the the documentary turns it into like um uh the just oh man they're so what, dedicated what, yeah, like what, how, <laughs> what, what strength and dedication what wherewithal what well, fortitude they, they overcame these completely unnecessary obstacles that were imposed upon them by an evil corporation how powerful they are and you tell there's a couple of the girls that like aren't into it at all anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ooh. But um, yeah, nothing bad about the girls or any of the performers or artists that are in K-pop. That's not my problem with it, obviously. They all do seem talented and dedicated and blah, blah, blah. It's just um, they could probably have had a better life had they just explored music on their own. And the evil corporation corporations that manufacture this like child slavery 
pipeline shit or it's it's it is essentially the most obvious human exploitation human misery into money making operation there is and as i was watching it i was like the fact that people there's no way people would give up like k-pop fans there's no way they would give up this completely frivolous pop music despite it being built on human sorrow uh, and then I was like, "We're not defeating climate change." <laughs> like, I feel like COVID should have probably told told you we're ha- we're gonna have a real tough tough time with climate change here. Yeah, it's just people aren't even able to give up the simplest things. You know what I mean? Despite because everything about K-pop is just human suffering to create a mediocre pop product, right? And it's like, oh, Kyle, it's at least a little, most of them are a little bit better than mediocre. All right. If one of their new songs. On a songs, scale of one to 10, they're usually around a six and a half. One of their new songs. So they did get me a little bit because one of the new songs is a fucking bop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like, there's plenty of music out there that isn't directly made through human suffering. <laughs> I, I don't know what who you're talking about, Kyle, but everybody knows the Beatles were dr- grown in a lab by Brian Epstein. That sounds about right. Well, as far as I know, Liverpool's a lab. That's where they make all the hottest dudes. those liverpool dock workers are a handsome bunch yeah those liverpoolians i mean even the beatles aren't (laughs) handsome they're like cute sex symbols in the 60s but if you look at them you're like what what's with the nose and the mouth combination on these blokes (laughs) oh i also found out there um the guy that runs their company yg uh he's sequestered 17 million of their own tour profits and gambled them away in las vegas and they're on part of their contract is they're not allowed to smoke date drive um get tattoos uh all sorts of weird shit and it's like oh this is indentured servitude and he's just taking all their money it's bad (laughs) (laughs) it's real bad it is more terrifying than the movie we watched the week this week for the podcast i mean how could it not be at one point in the third act, the the monsters break into like a music video. Yeah, it's K-pop. <laughs> yeah, they do a little K-pop. Get Dead is the name of that song. We'll talk about it. But first, let's talk about Midnight Hour, 1985. Tonight's the night. Demons arise. Arise. Halloween night. Look out! The time is right. All the legendary demons of hell were loosed. And the spirits are restless. Everyone who dies this night will walk again. The ancient demons will rise tonight. And all who are touched by evil will become evil forever. To share their wrath. The dead are coming back to life, and some of the dead are out to kill. I don't like the sound, sis. And claim their victims. Don't come another step closer! You can't beat us. Sherry Belafonte Harper, Kevin McCarthy, LeVar Burton, Midnight Hour. We have to end this. We gotta do it all by midnight. If they wait, there'll be nobody else around. 
Happy Halloween. Yeah, they love using CCR in this movie. That's Wilson Pickett. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But they still love using CCR. <laughs> that's like the best part about the movie, honestly, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is pretty cool. It's like real cute. Like all the songs they play remind me of summertime because that's like what we listen to over the lake, you know, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily fit for Halloween, in my opinion. But I and guess they like, can. Yeah, Oh yeah, man! They listen to "How Soon Is Now" that Smith song for fucking an hour. All I know is if cuts. you're a vampire in the '80s going around eating uh, kids at a house party, you're gonna be listening to "How Soon Is Now." That's how it works. <laughs> I'm, yeah, this, I'm the Smiths were everyone's favorite band in the '80s. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Midnight Hour, 1985. Phil, Melissa, Mitch, Mary, and Vinny are high school friends who unwittingly raise the dead on Halloween night. Once the dead have returned, Pitchford Cove will never be the same again. Or yeah. will it? That's part of the that's part of the synopsis. Is the, or will it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> like they really shouldn't have like <laughs> things will never be the same. Or will they? <laughs> uh-huh. Think about that, huh? What if everything goes just fine? Made for TV. <laughs> yeah, this is a made for TV movie. It was on ABC. So technically Disney owns it. I don't think it's on Disney Plus yet. Uh no, it was actually kind of hard to find. No, well, it's just on YouTube. Should have told everyone last week you just watched it on YouTube. That's how I first discovered it. That's how I watched it again. Don't worry. Uh, Mickey Mouse will take care of that. They probably don't care. They care. No, this movie. No one cares about this movie. <laughs> so it's Halloween night. And we find out about halfway through the movie that it's a full moon on top of Halloween. That really brings out the crazies and the werewolves. <laughs> Dumbasses. <laughs> and the werewolves. <laughs> That's going to be this Halloween. It's a full moon and Halloween. Yeah, but no one's going out because of the COVID. I am. I'm going to go find those, uh, the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm run up to kids and be like, I know your spirit, god damn it. Show me your secret spirit. <laughs> Take me to the underworld. Show me your secrets. I'm, uh, I bought a fire pit off Amazon so I can burn a fire on Halloween. Got some bones to burn. Chicken bones. Going to roast this bone. <laughs> Been roasting too many bones. Kyle's uh, coughing is frightening, more more frightening than anything in the midnight hour. Ah. Well, you didn't like um the werewolves that kind of look like Sasquatch or maybe Chaka from Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more Chaka. Chaka. Uh, they're definitely um I want to say like they went through the Star Trek wardrobe and found some monsters from Yeah, they just they got a lot of leftover stuff, I think. Because, yeah, those werewolves don't look like werewolves. They look like chakas. And I love the the original werewolf running around the graveyard just knocking shit over. Just throwing shit around. Yeah. Like, the, the director was like, all right, get out there and cause a ruckus. And then this guy's, like, jumping on tombstones and knocking over plants and shit. It honestly feels like this some, <clears throat> This dude wanted to write, like, a kind of a romantic uh, zombie movie. And he's like, ah, just throw some, some werewolves and vampires in there for the kids. I don't know. I forgot to write down who the writer was. I did check him out. All he'd ever written was this and like a couple other TV movies. So I don't think he has a passion for anything. <laughs> and then uh, the director is some man named Jack Bender, not Bender Bending Rodriguez, but Jack Bender, not John Bender from the John Hughes movie <laughs> Breakfast Club. Yeah, not that Bender either. 
Uh, he's done a ton of TV movies himself. He also directed Child's Play 3, Ooh. which we all know is the worst one. The worst of the first three ones. I think it might be still be the worst <laughs> one. Um, I haven't gone back and watched through some of the later ones, but I remember there's... I guess it's hard to judge because the later ones get like campy on purpose and it's kind of fun compared to like Child's Play 3 just being kind of bad. I don't know. Maybe next Halloween I'll go through all the Child's Plays or something. Wait, uh, when do they pick up Jennifer Tilly? It's the fourth one, right? Mm, no, that, I think that's Chucky the one? fifth one is yeah, Bride of the Chucky. That's, to me, that's when the series turns around again is when they actually <clears> embrace <throat> the camp. Yeah, then it gets fun. Uh, one of the more recent ones that came out straight to DVD or straight to video on demand or whatever, like four or five years ago, um, is actually like a legitimately like pretty good Chucky movie. Can't remember which what it's called. There's I don't know, the Curse of Chucky, I think, because there's Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky. I think it's Curse of Chucky. That's probably the Curse of Chucky's Revenge Cult. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> it's hard to keep track of some later ones. I have to go back and rewatch them. But one of them is actually pretty good as like a horror movie, and then the other ones are just pretty good as like oh, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Anyhow, he also directed some TV shows. Uh, you might have heard of a few of them. Uh, TV shows such as Lost and even Game of Thrones. Oh wow! 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 wow. I forgot to write down what episodes he did Game of Thrones, but you know, probably dumb ones. And that, my friends, is why I was always right about how Game of Thrones was, was shitty because it was only directed by these fucking workman directors. There's an absolute very low ceiling on how good Game of Thrones could look because they had guys that were just used to cranking out TV shows. Sorry, TV directors. You're not very good. I appreciate your work ethic, but um, you're not that good. And Game of Thrones always looked like shit. It was never a good TV show. <laughs> no, no, no. It was always great. Nope. It's not a good TV show. <laughs> no TV shows are good. The TV is the worst way to tell a story unless it's a TV movie. Then it's the best way to tell a story. Well, then it's still pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I do like the editing in this one, though, where like they kept a pretty good pace. You know what I mean? A lot of times TV movies uh, are edited really weird. The pacing's kind of off. <clears throat> Or at least my experience with like the Stephen King TV movies, but they always make those like five fucking hours long. So yeah, that might be the problem. Series than, uh, than movies, right? Yeah. So this one's actually edited like a movie, which I appreciate. Goes about a nice clip. Who we got in this film? Lee Montgomery. He plays Phil, the main character. I don't. Um, I didn't really look up any information about these people. I didn't care. You may know him from such movies and shows as Who Gives a Fuck. Yep, um, his name sounds familiar, but I looked. At, I mean, I looked him up and like checked it out, but I didn't see anything of note. I do appreciate early on in the film, <clears throat> like uh, when he goes to school the day of Halloween before he's got the costume on, he's wearing a um, button-up dress shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not wearing an undershirt, so he's got his taco meat out, and I applaud him for it. I hate when dudes wear undershirts. That's like, like that taco meat. Uh huh. Get the taco meat out. Be a man. <laughs> I feel like if you, it's it's acceptable if you're wearing like a full suit, but I mean, there's really no other reason to wear an undershirt. I mean, if you uh, like are gonna have to wear it to work all day and you can only afford like three shirts and you need to prevent like pit stains. Well, I mean, totally. that's the reason you should wear an undershirt all fucking times. Oh, me? Yeah, I sweat a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a practical reason for that. But you know what? Even in that case, 
I've never had a job where I needed to take care of my shirts really. So if I, I sweat it up, man. I you ain't never catch me in an undershirt. I got that shit unbuttoned to the belly button. Got my chains hanging out. No one wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, they do. They love no, the chest hair. <laughs> love the chest hair. Love it. This kid has a lot of chest hair for, I believe, what was it, a junior? <laughs> well, I mean, all the kids, these are 30 year olds playing high school kids. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. Get that taco meat out. I was also thinking, um, uh we've been talking about the boys on the podcast a little bit how i hate the the jack wade character because he's supposed to be like the audience proxy like here's how we'll introduce you to the world through this insufferable dweeb who has no backbone which is ever the anytime they have to do that in like any tv show movie series concept where they have to put in like a audience insert every man they're always like dweeby dorks without any backbone and I was thinking, why is that the case? Why? Why? These are all author inserts. <laughs> You're saying they're all dweeby dorks who have uh-huh. no backbone? I'm thinking they're all dweeby dorks who have no backbone. They got a little taste of success right in their little TV movies. And they're like, I'm going to put myself in this movie. I'll be the hero based on all my great uh, qualities of being a soft-spoken nerd. Well, I mean, like, so... <clears throat> Huey in the show isn't really that much different than he was in the comic book. So, I mean, it's just that Jack Quaid is kind of a dork, a big dork. Uh, yeah, uh, we Huey in the comics is a uh, uh, author insert of Garth Ennis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna make fun of Garth Ennis. For a <laughs> but thanks not, for coming around to it. Yeah, he's an insufferable dweeb. I'm sure. I've never met him, but you know, he seems like he would be. <laughs> I don't think he'd be tough, right? I don't know. I, I can't yeah. even. You don't. I, I, people are like you. Don't seem like you're tough right now. God damn it! I'll, I'll break you over a, a barrel. I will. And people don't know how tough I am. But that's. I can't think of any comic book artists that would be tough, except for maybe some of the early guys that were like, you know, um, they just kind of got into writing comic books. But because it was either that or uh, you know, uh, crime. <laughs> some of those guys might be pretty tough. But yeah, I don't, Garth Ennis. I'm sure he's an insufferable dweeb. I feel like some of the artists might be tough, but mm, very few writers. Ah, yes, like um, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> no, no, obviously oh. not Rob Liefeld. Not, not <laughs> tough man. Tough guy, eh? A real tough guy. Um, oh, I'm terrified if I have to meet Grant Morrison or Brian Michael Bendis because they're going to want to fight us now. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Morrison seems like he'd bite and shit, but... <laughs> Ryan Michael Bendis, I think you could like knock him over and give him a wedgie. He'll start crying. Uh, Janelle Allen, Janelle Allen, she plays Lucinda, who is a witch and also a vampire. Vampire, which, which vampire? Which do you think is her, her top billing? I guess publicly she was more known to be a witch, I, it seems like, but then secretly she was also a vampire. Hmm. Cause it seems like, exe- like a lot of this backstory makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, like they executed her for witchcraft. Um, but she was actually a vampire. Also, I don't think they executed her for witchcraft. She was probably trying to like start a slave revolt or something. <laughs> <laughs> they really executed her for. Yeah, like what was sixteen forty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sherry Belafonte, who is actually in fact the real main character and the hero of the film. Um, she is the descendant descendant of Lucinda, the witch vampire. And gets possessed by her, and it finally brings some black justice to this goddamn town. Uh, mm, nah, mm, <laughs> eh. 
loose, <laughs> loose interpretation. I think that's what the movie is really about. Is you got to get these honkies. <laughs> the first person she bites is LeVar Burton. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you got to get a, a strong lackey, and who's more charismatic than LeVar Burton? I mean, he wasn't very charismatic. He was all day. He was trying to get his dick wet, and it wasn't working for him. Adidas. All day I dream about sex. Remember that corn song? No. I try oh. not to remember corn, period. <laughs> Man, you missing out on the good old days. <laughs> Fucking corn was not the good old days. <laughs> no. Nah, corn, corn is goofy. Remember you used to make <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> used to do that shit. <laughs> And they had seven string guitars. Ooh, and seven string be all like because they got that one gooby string in there. Yeah, good shit, good shit. <clears throat> um, unfortunately though, when she reads the scroll in the graveyard, you know, to accidentally do the spell, she pronounces Sawin wrong, so the spell couldn't have possibly worked. End of movie. Good night, everybody. That's that's probably why it didn't quite work, and that the one van the one zombie girl came back and was like, I just want to be loved. She's like a ghost, not a zombie, right? I don't know. None of them make sense. There's no like rhyme or reason to like ghost, zombie, werewolf in this thing. Vampire. Yeah, it's like when the people try to use like the unified paranormal cryptid shit where it's like, all right, so Mothman and Slenderman are the boss and they created Sasquatch. Sasquatch has a dog. That's the Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens control everything. And that's why all... Uh, paranormal events, all all the flops, all happen to be concentrated in the same area. You see aliens a lot. You also see the Chupacabra and Sasquatch, maybe even Mothman or Slenderman. And it's like, no, there's just a bunch of crazy people that live in one area. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> it could all be that like Dolce based, like unified paranormal theory type shit, but that would be just like the most embarrassing, boring way for it to be real. Don't you think for it to be so? categorized and organized already i've i've long uh been an open um uh slinger of shit at the bureaucratic theory of the afterlife and magic you gotta have rules for magic it makes sense simple rules though not like alistair crowley like he, uh, he, what you normally land <laughs> You got to do at least that's like that's like 700. The that's like the cryptic shit, too. And like all this QAnon shit even is like, ah, we're just gonna, it all makes sense if you just close your eyes and squint and then think about it as if you were or, or, or hit over with a hammer. JFK Jr. was supposed to reveal himself yesterday. Yeah, what happened? Something happened. What was it? He blew, out, he blew out his quads when he was entering like Vince McMahon <laughs> that one time. <laughs> like, ah, oh, shit, we got to rehab him again. <laughs> Here, get him on the steroids. <laughs> get him on the roids. Yeah, that's how you know Jim Donald Jr. Trump is going with steroids, and we're fucked. Man, he's getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> he's uh, secured the bisexual vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, this dork, they, uh, the this entire crew of dorks didn't bother to figure out how to pronounce uh, Salin and um, ruined the entire movie. She, they say, they say Sam Hain. That ain't no word. They could have at least like asked Glenn Danzig how to pronounce it. That's a joke because he pronounces it wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. But you had to pronounce it Sam Hain. That's what I like. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. I would like all the Hain. No, you can only have some Hain. Michael Jordan said I can have all the Hain though. What did LeVar Burton said? 
<clears throat> butterfly in the sky. Said reading is fundamental. Yeah, LeVar Burton's in this movie. Um, he uh, he's got a lot of charisma and stage presence. Uh, LeVar Burton is a star. I always uh, it made me wonder like, how did he end up just being Star Trek and reading Rainbow Guy? He was a black guy in the eighties. Oh, and they were like, uh, we already got Eddie Murphy, so. Yeah, we're fine doing Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're like, we've reached our quota. We have uh, one famous black guy. So <laughs> you'll have to stay on TV, sir. That seems to be the case, right? Because he, uh, LeVar Burton really does seem like, I was like, hey, that's a star right there. <laughs> you definitely should have felt like he should have done more than just Star Trek. But I mean, he maybe got maybe got paid on Star Trek. I don't know. Uh, I was watching um, Cole Meany was on um, uh, Tommy Tiernan's like talk show a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking like fucking it was great to work there. Had a lot of fun. It was a consistent paycheck. Didn't have to worry about shit. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? It's like seemed like it was probably just a pretty good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, so. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like any of those the actors were necessarily like huge assholes, and that would be the big reason not to to work there for a hundred years. Yeah, that that's basically Cole Meany was saying that. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, fucking, it was a good job, no problems, just gonna show up and act, have a good time. And that's it. You get paycheck, you get some insurance. And that's probably the dream. Now I think about it, if I was an actor, I'd probably just want to do like Star Trek forever. That'd be fine. I don't give a fuck about Star Trek, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I have no heart to see taking anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we also got um DD Pfeiffer, but her name is spelled like Dadi Dadi because it's D E capital D E E. So Dadi Dadi Dadi. Uh, can you guess who her famous sister is? No, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. No, yeah, that's her sister. She plays Mary. Our um, main character's uh, love interest, you think, at the beginning of the film, but um, no, not at all. It doesn't doesn't seem like they have genuine feelings for each other at all or anything. (laughs) He's a little bit bummed out that she hangs out with Frankenstein, but he's immediately just like, oh, well, I'm in love with the cheerleader girl anyways. So it seems like their relationship both ways was just kind of like emotional convenience. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Relationships. Oh, that sucks. Uh, she does have my favorite line in the movie, though, where um, <clears throat> Zombie Judge crashes his car in the front yard and she runs <laughs> up and she goes, Mitch, your dad is bombed out. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best line. Yeah, that's my favorite line in the movie. That and He's the, like, oh, um, damn it, my dad's plowed again. I'm going to go dry him out. <laughs> that line in the, the, um, the deputy or whatever is like it's full moon on top of Halloween that brings out the crazies and brings the, out the real dumbasses. It's a werewolf. Uh, Peter DeLuise is Mitch who has an abusive dad who's a drunk. They don't uh, go much into it. <laughs> His dad gets killed early on, but uh, apparently they reverse all that with when they seal the scroll. So that means his dad is free to continue on abusing his son. Wait, do they reverse all that shit? Because all those people seem like they're still dead when, when Phil's driving off at the end. They don't show anybody. I assume they're all dead. No, everything's fixed is what it is. No. That's what they say. It'll be fixed. Or will it? Oh, no. Nope. Nope, not fixed. Yes, this the judge is free to continue abusing his large son. The judge. From Cormac McCarthy, man? 
what the large son written by Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> the judge. The judge. The judge. Uh, this is also Macaulay Culkin's first on-screen role as an uncredited trick-or-treater. Did you spot him? I did not. What, what was it? I didn't either. He's probably got a mask on or some shit. And, of course, uh, you mentioned it previously. Red Foreman is in it. I didn't mention it. I just called everybody a dumbass like 14 well, times. Yeah, the sheriff. It's Kurtwood Smith, Red Foreman from uh, that 70s show, and, of course, the villain of Robocop. Uh, he puts his foot up Halloween's ass. He's real tired of Halloween shit. Yeah, he's going to put his foot up his ass. But you know what? Halloween gets the best of him, just like Eric Foreman in that 70s show. Oh, he I was also always smoking <clears throat> pot in the basement. Yeah, I guess. I mean, whatever. His dad loved him anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> no, Kyle, if you love your, your addicted son, you're a bad person. Oh, man, that shit backfired so hard. <laughs> oh, shit. Especially in this climate where, like, everyone has a relative who's struggling with addiction pretty much or has struggled with addiction. And he's like, oh, no, he's showing sympathy to his son who has a problem. Oh, my God, he still loves his, uh, his, his drug addict son. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, even, How could he be president? Even for me, as much as I think Biden's a joke, I was like, oh, that's sweet. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, that's sweet. And then he's like, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> like, do you think... Uh, it just shows like how incompetent they are, or like how inhuman they are. Yeah, I it's guess. just such a basic. We're like, oh, response. we're gonna get him with this. Like, what he cares? His son's going through problems, and he cares about him. What the fuck are you talking about? That's just funny. <laughs> I guess it resonates with me because at one point I was that Hunter Biden. Well, me and Hunter Biden have a lot in common, except for um, there's no family legacy or money, so. Uh, I didn't have any of the opportunities he did, but I would love to do cocaine with a bunch of DC hookers. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Put it right up my alley. Uh, also, Mark Blankfield, Blankfeld, I included him because he plays, he's, he's credited as the ghoul, which is like the zombie that's at the party having a good time. Um, I pointed him out just because uh, it seemed cool. He does seems to play a lot of like um, monsters and like, uh, Tales from the Crypt and um, horror anthologies and stuff. He's one of those like monster actor guys. Which uh, he's, cool. he's got like a uh, very visual performance. <clears throat> yeah, like probably he did like School of Mime, you know what I mean? Which is usually one of the things that goes into monster performances, seems like some weird connective tissue there. If um, I was a zombie that got raised from the dead like him and didn't necessarily know what was going on, that's probably the shit I'd get into. I'd be like, yeah, what a, yeah, you, you, you guys, you guys got yourself a little party over here, huh? For hey, some reason, I'm gonna make out with a zombie lady. <laughs> for some reason, when I come back from the dead, I'll also be like a, um, a New York guy. <laughs> I'd be like, what do you, you got? You got yourselves a little party over here? Some popcorn, huh? Kissing yeah. the ladies. That'd hey, be me. It was the booze over here. <laughs> yeah, I'd be just down the party. It's Halloween to too. <laughs> Halloween. Except when he first shows up, he's reading the newspaper. I ain't never read no goddamn newspaper. <laughs> that's not true. I've seen you read the comic book section when we were kids. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh god damn it, it's the family circus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was basically like, okay, there's Garfield and uh Calvin and Hobbes, and uh all right, we're done. What's For a while Doom- they had a Spider-Man comic when we were kids though. Mm-hmm. What is Doonesbury? That's a dog one, right? That's the Doon, the Doog. And then also, there's another dog one, right? Marmaduke. Marmaduke, yeah. And um, Dilbert? Ugh, fuck you. <laughs> and Kathy? Yeah, I, mean, I remember Kathy. 
And what's the one with um hmm? Is Marmaduke the one that also had like a punk kid in it? I want to say yes, but that could also maybe it's Flaming Circus too. Oh, there's also then, Dennis the Menace, you know. And Classic. um, what's the one about ancient times? Oh, the Scandinavian Game. one? No, the caveman one. I don't remember. There was one BC? about Vikings, right? And then there was one about cavemen. And then there's also the military one. Right. Doonesbury. That's Doonesbury? Isn't that Doonesbury? I don't Sorry, know. Isn't it like Sergeant Doonesbury? I don't know. We're just listening to Sunday morning comics. <laughs> like old men. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hey, remember the cat? Hey, Calvin and Hobbes. That's going to be us in the future, anyways, if uh, climate change doesn't kill all of us. We'll just be <laughs> sitting outside on the porch of one of our houses, just uh, playing like dominoes. And hey, remember uh, the. I, John Carpenter? That sounds awesome. <laughs> John Carpenter. <laughs> Hopefully there's a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there won't be any buildings anymore at that point, and so it'll be very strong reasons. You remember uh, the, the fucking uh, Robocop, huh? Uh, Robocop. All, all, all I think about is old men sitting on street corners. It's usually like two or three of them together, mm-hmm. playing dominoes or cards, talking shit. That's that's all I want my life to be. Those are they're the protectors of the neighborhood. <laughs> Those taking care of business. That's the neighborhood watch right there. <laughs> We don't need police. We just got three old guys who watch every car that comes down the street suspiciously. Who's that creeping up? <laughs> so this movie's got zombies, witches, Draculas, werewolves. Um, the werewolves kind of look like Chaka from Land of the Lost type shit. Demons, I guess. Technically demons. I don't know. I don't they see said all, they said all, said de- all the demons of hell, but they didn't have any. Like, it was mostly zombies. Um, they have a um, a small person zombie or a dwarf zombie. And I was thinking when um, he shows up to the party, since it's like a small town and they should know everybody, you'd think they'd be like, who's Who that, that kid there? <laughs> <laughs> who's that asshole? <laughs> He's not from our town because you would you would know if you had if you live in a small town, you probably know if you had a little person hanging around. Right. And it's not like it's just an incredibly good costume. You can't just get a really good costume that makes you look like a dwarf. You know what I mean? So they should be suspicious, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's they what also, the movie falls apart for Kyle. Yeah, they also have the most incompetent chaperone. She's just not caught. Is she supposed to be a chaperone? I, it seems so weird to me. Was that the whole idea? It's like, yeah, this teacher's going to come and chaperone. For some that's the concept, I guess. But they just gave her wine and she was like, fucking, I'll have sex with all the kids. <laughs> Fuck Great. my date. You're way bigger than him. Your yeah. shoulders are hot. The greatest substitute of all time. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's like, whoa, look at that large man, that large teenager. <laughs> He's got the big face. <laughs> Pendergrass face is small. <laughs> Pendergrass face is small. Uh, this film first aired on ABC on Friday, November 1st. That's oh, the day that's after insane. Halloween. What the fuck? I'd be pissed if I was a kid in 1985. What were your feelings on November 1st, 1985? <laughs> uh, mostly confusion, I think. <laughs> yeah, because you were a year and a half. <laughs> no, you were a year old yet, were you? No, I would have turned a year oh, yeah. in February. In February, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably. Um, I don't remember what I went as a, when I was one and a half. I two. I was Raggedy Ann. Or I was Raggedy probably Andy, like um, a pumpkin. You're probably like a pumpkin. Kids oh, are yeah, always I think pumpkins. Was. I think I was a pumpkin. The, Good call. Yeah, when you're like babies back then, at least, and you were a baby, you're always a pumpkin. 
Yeah, so you were you were, you were nonplussed, you would say. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, if I was programming back then, I would have been like, "Well, let's show it Thursday night and Friday." Yeah, I mean, why don't you show it on Halloween or like the day before or something? Ridiculous! Don't you recall the greatest programming of all time when Goosebumps premiere episode was a special two-part, The Haunted Mask, and it premiered a week before Halloween, and then was shown again on Halloween night. And millions of kids came home trick-or-treating to watch it. And uh, Fox became the most powerful network of all time because of that one event. Mm, some of that seems true. <laughs> it was pretty good. I remember enjoying it a lot. I remember watching a lot of Godzilla marathons on Halloween and uh, Twilight Zone sometimes. Yeah, because the Japanese channel would play Godzilla. And then eventually TMC would play Godzilla. Yeah. Is that what it was? TMC would play Godzilla. And yeah, or they play Twilight Zone. What's a Japanese channel? Don't have in Arizona. <laughs> Not a lot of Japanese folk out here. I'm sure there is now, but they're um, they probably. Well, here's the not... question: Does the Bay Area still have a Japanese channel? I bet it doesn't. I bet they have more than one Japanese channel now. Maybe not for like um, basic oh, cable or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Like probably not like basic cable, but if you get like digital cable in the Bay Area, I bet they have a whole bunch of um, East Asian language channels. Yeah, that's different. I want to go buy the basic package, turn into the Japanese channel on Halloween and see some weird Godzilla movies. Godzilla. Also, there's a Chinese channel that always played dubbed um, Kung Fu movies because they knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so about our weird cable childhood. Yeah, the, um, well, remember I talked about that uh, Bay Area hardcore band Tsunami? And they had they have a, a refrain in one of their songs where it's uh, if you're not from the bay then you're a bitch. That's that's why what we just talked about. <laughs> so there you go, just another reason, another reason why most of our listeners are bitches. Except for I saw the uh, Contra Costa County, Solano County, and um, Alameda County are like uh, some of the most populous counties in the United States. So there's actually a lot of people there. They're all bitches now. No, that's where not where the that's the place where the not bitches live. No, Everywhere else, everybody, every, everybody in the Bay Area now is bitches. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're probably like um, gentrifiers and shit. Yeah, not old school like our family. Didn't fuck? Did your grandma, great grandma, almost die in the San Francisco fire? I don't think so, you bitch. Um, so they did air it again on the Lifetime Network on Halloween, nineteen ninety. So <laughs> could have caught it then. I would have been four years old. Uh, then it had afternoon time slots, including showings on December 27th of 1999. It's fucking weird. weird. <laughs> June 19th of 1999. Even weirder. Or no, June 19th of 1992. Yeah, why would it play in the summertime? And finally, Halloween 1992. So they got it right uh, twice. Honestly, it seems like this does seem like a movie that you could. I'm sure the. Um... Versions they have are awful these days. Like there's no quality to them. But you could th- throw this on freeform for their thirty days of Halloween bullshit next to Hocus Pocus, and it's not that that much worse. <clears throat> no, I think it's pretty on par with Hocus Pocus. To be honest, just a smaller budget as far as like gags and the the the, the editing and the acting and the timing. You know what I mean? Like all the quality is of it as a film, aside from budget. For like costumes and sets and shit, it's pretty. This is basically Hocus Pocus. <laughs> also, really like Halloween movies that utilize witchcraft over anything because witches, I think, are much more 
appropriate for Halloween than most other things, in my opinion, since it's supposed to be like a magical holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you got to do something witches or maybe like the underworld, the undead. Or like the fae. Yeah. Ooh, fae's good, but no one really does fae shit anymore. No, because it's weird. Because they take you to a party and they make you dance until you can't dance anymore. (laughs) And then you you wake up in the real world exhausted. God damn it, what happened? They've been making me dance. Yeah, so weird times. They didn't um, they didn't they they didn't know what they're doing with TV back then. They didn't know that you're supposed to show Halloween show on Halloween or beforehand. That said, though, uh, the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. I remember quite a few years where they didn't air until like a week after Halloween because of the I'm, programming schedule. Yeah, so fucking weird. Or like that's frustrating as shit. I used to get pissed. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Get it right, Fox. You pieces of shit. You did it with Goosebumps. You could do it with Simpsons. Fox never gets anything right. (laughs) You're on notice, Fox. Rupert Murdoch. So, uh, this film takes place in a nondescript New England town, which obviously uh, one of the colonial towns, right? Because it's like this. Yeah, they were hanging. They were hanging witches and stoning witches. Yeah, drowning witches. To me, it seems like. It'd be fucking weird to live in an old colonial town where, like, you could trace your family history back to important local events. You know, like Sleepy Hollow shit. That's fucking weird, don't you think? Yes, we just you just traced our family history back to a uh, a famous uh, a world event. Yeah, but that's only like a hundred years. years. <laughs> yeah, not like um three hundred. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, on this spot, my great 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 grandfather he fought a battle. And he got shot in the eye. Well, it's like three um, three hundred years ago. Um, no one in our family was in the United States, and so it's like it would be to, to me. It's weird to have a direct lineage lineage in the same town for three hundred years. Obviously, there's probably lots of places in the the older world, right? Where that, of course, that's the way it is. I mean, and there's probably things. lots of places in like even the South and New England. Where that's the, the case. Too like I mean you're seeing this movie, but even um, a lot of black people can probably trace their ancestry back 400 years or so. Crazy to me. It would be interesting to be like, yes, I am the third descendant of the witch master general. I uh, my grand great great grandfather was out here cutting off women's genitals. <laughs> <laughs> They're causing men not to have boners. <laughs> So, so he sold the vagina shut. That's the <laughs> cure for it. I read it in the Bible. You read it in the Bible. He read it in the Bible. No, not in the Bible. The Malus Malficarum, which is uh, the second highest selling book next to the Bible. I thought that was oh. Lord of the Rings. Uh, it used to be Malus Malficarum until like the <laughs> modern day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that just seems strange to me because it's like, first of all, the town would have to have stayed significantly small i guess for the population to be because it's obviously a sleepy small town because like they everyone knows each other and shit which is that's crazy enough to me uh, but then like to have like oh uh, the descendant of the guy that killed the your wish great grandmother we're in our school class together you know what i mean it just it, def- it seems to me it defies logic <laughs> <laughs> How, like you and I can be friends, uh, but uh, 400 years ago, my grandpa killed your grandma, <laughs> or yeah, just likelihood that the both families would stay in the same area, um, they would continue to give birth to the next generation around roughly the same times, continue to attend the same school, and then so it lines up that you, you both have two 17 year olds 
in the same class in the same small town 300 years later doesn't that seem crazy obviously it can happen but it just seems crazy to me it's a world's a big funny place kyle yeah what are the odds of that one in a million where there's six billion people in the world kyle Plus, and then you think about a lot of those other kids in the class, and they're like, oh, yes, my great-great-grandfather at the time period used to shovel all the horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's, <laughs> there's fucking people with shit jobs that are just still <laughs> living in the town. He was born a shit shoveler. He'll die a shit shoveler. <laughs> yeah, that's also no. I'll be a- goddamned if my son won't be a shit shoveler. Another aspect of it to have, like, uh, to be the descendant of, like, a local hero of some kind. You know what I mean? Or local celebrity, <laughs> like I don't, I doubt there's anyone in our family history that has like any um, claim to fame. Well, there's King Mike. That's and true. I don't know that uh, Thomas Shaughnessy seems like he probably did something cool in his. Yeah, life. but we you think we could roll into Chicago and be like, yeah, well, we're the uh, great grandsons of uh, King Mike, so uh, you know, <laughs> maybe lay, like, uh, the, like a gangster museum. <laughs> lay, lay out the red carpet for us, huh? We're big shots. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. That's just weird. It's weird. That's, the life's weird. Society's weird. Then again, maybe it would be fun. We'll roll in and be like, "Yay, we're the grandson of this old piece of shit." Well, dude, like that's the thing in small towns. People ex- expect certain stuff out of you based off of like your parentage and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't seem fun. <laughs> or even like who uh, your older brother or older sister was. Sometimes. Yeah, we see that in all the Stephen King stories, pretty much. <laughs> Like, hey, Eyeball is a piece of shit, so your friend River Phoenix is also a piece of shit. <laughs> I know <laughs> I know he stole the milk money. Uh, so did you like the film's um, K-pop sequence? Fucking like, came out of nowhere for me. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? We this, we're, we're, Are you trying to get on MTV? Well, I guess. Th- 1985. <laughs> I think it's because they, uh, they're really psyched about Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do another Thriller. Is Vincent Price available? Well, um, it was because of Thriller. They, in fact, even used some of the same, like, um, dance moves, yeah. uh, uh, choreographers, uh, makeup effects, or makeup artists, and costume designers for it. And um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I normally at this point, like, I'm so um, immune to, like, accidental uh, trash that, like, things don't bother me, but... Um, yeah, this is it. Like, made me a little bit like uncomfortable, like cringy, right? To to put it in internet terms, where I was like, "Ooh, this is really," because it just seems so um, monstrous, <laughs> <laughs> like so forced. Yeah, it's we're awful. like thrillers doing pretty good. What if we did our own thriller? I was just like, "Ugh." I mean, a lot of the this movie doesn't have a consistent tone. No, it's just um cheese it's like corny let's be corny i guess is the overwhelming um flavor <laughs> corny seems to be present day i guess but it's got small town shit that i don't know if exists in the 80s i don't know what he's like um yeah get so get that the song terrible terrible very embarrassing i hate it however I was listening to like the just the, the the instrumentation of it, just the music itself without the terrible lyrics and melody and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, um, this could have been on Sandinista. <laughs> <laughs> like it really, like I'm being genuine about it. It's got like the clappy drum uh, drum programming that appears on Sandinista. 
and then like the uh, sort of like simple jangly guitar riffs that Mick Jones was into at the time. Like it could be on Sanista or a big audio dynamite song. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the rest of the uh, soundtrack, of course, Wilson Pickett, CCR, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, Barbara Lewis, the Smiths, etc. Pretty cute. I guess he must have spent a lot of money on to get those songs, you would think, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I would assume so. You know what I mean? But, you know, I feel like licensing really picked up in the last like 30 years or so. The 80s, you probably could have got away with some stuff. Well, it was probably pretty cheap back then. I think so. I guess I like the um sort of old school pop on Halloween. That kind of seems fun because like the Misfits are uh, little doo-woppy horror songs, right? So I guess that's fine. It's mostly the CCR that's like, what? That's summertime music. Why are you playing on Halloween? <laughs> that's the summertime. Summertime. I'll, I'll say one thing for his zombie girlfriend. She's absolutely right that the uh, Sea of Love remake is, is not, not as good as the original. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, the, the, pretty much no remake of that, like, uh, late 50s, mid 60s, like, early pop, or not early pop, but like, uh, kind of Phil Spector in style, inspired like pop sound. No remake of that, those songs are ever, ever any good because <laughs> it's just like it just doesn't sound right. There's that weird, like, fucking, um, corny, uh, airy Disney almost sounds like the backing vocals and stuff on those songs. Where, like, as soon as you get rid of that, it doesn't sound the same. But if you try to put it into like a modern song, it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> so it doesn't work. So, what'd you think in general? I give it a 6.2 out of 10. You would say it's like, yeah, it's a kind of like cute, goofy little Halloween thing, right? Yeah, it's like a fun little Halloween movie. If I'm bored and it's spooky season, I can see myself, you know, cracking open a few beers and, and, and watching it just out of the hell of it. So, it's not, I won't say it's a good movie, right? Um, it's, a, it's like a cute, fun movie, though. Yeah, it's like not even as good as Hocus Pocus, although I made the comparison earlier. It's, no, um, it's not. But. So like editing, it's good for a TV movie, the editing. I like that. Um, set design, they're trying the best with like the budget they have. I really hate when they do the, um, they show the uh, establishing shots for the graveyard and you can see like the fog is just piping out of the ground. <laughs> it's like, that's not how fog happens. So I, I get what they're doing to create like maybe um a more classically universal look, but it they should have tried something else. Uh, the makeup effects are pretty good, except for the werewolves, which oh, don't look like yeah. werewolves. I mean, honestly, the the uh, makeup effects on the vampire women are not that great either. It's just kind of like oh, it's paint gray. Yeah, yeah. Give them some white paint, and call it a day. Yeah, they got sharp teeth, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it's mostly just the zombies look good then. Uh, yeah, the plot doesn't really make sense. There's a lot of uh, flaws in it, and uh, but the soundtrack is cute. Um, the, you know, at, at the party, the the party zombie is he's um he's like round in like second base with the other zombie. Mm-hmm. I was just all the other night when I watched this movie, all I could think about after that is like how dry and uncomfortable zombie sex would be. <laughs> I was thinking that too because I remember reading or uh, not reading but hearing about like a series of novels about a zombie girl and it was like one of those romance novels that came out after um like twilight and shit so the entire time mm-hmm. I'm like how the fuck does that work 
It's like Ben Shapiro's wife. Well, it's um, I can fill in the gaps for you from a little film <laughs> is- called Dead Girl. Uh, I was gonna say, is it like <laughs> uh, the excretions of uh, decomposition? Yeah, obviously, but um, <laughs> gross. In Dead that Girl, I'm not into that at all. <laughs> Uh, in Dead Girl, there's uh, they find a zombie at the bottom of, like an old factory, right? A zombie girl um, who doesn't look to decay that much, so they chain her up and um, rape her all the time, right? This Fun. is a, this is a good family film for anyone listening. Yeah, I'll uh, watch it with my kids after we're done here. Yeah, at one point though, the, uh, the Dead Girl, the zombie girl, uh, kind of escapes and she gets shot a couple times in the belly, and uh, two of the guys are like, "That hole's for you. This one's for me." And so they uh, have sex with their bullet wounds. <sighs> so based on that and the fact that the, as, as gross as the movie is, they didn't ever whip out some lube like Quentin Tarantino joint. I'm guessing it's probably just bodily fluids. But these zombies in this movie are like bone dry because they've been dead a long time. It's also weird that there's Civil War zombies. Well, they should be Civil War skeletons. Well, I mean, like the ghost girl, too. She's... A ghost girl? She's got to be because she doesn't have any decay. She's like spooky. But she she's touched and, and, and touches. She's a poltergeist. Poltergeist can affect the world around them <laughs> to get enough energy, enough sexual energy. Oh, yeah. He's all horned up. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, oh, are you going through menses right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just perfectly skated away from Dead Girl. We won't talk anymore about that. <laughs> um... I think this movie is cute. Um, another problem I have, though, is another problem, I guess, is uh, when they steal the costumes from the museum and they're like, we'll bring them back tomorrow. It's just like a little Halloween fun. It's not a big deal. And I was like, you know what? The scale of that crime is incredibly low stakes. If I was a judge, I'd be like, whatever. Fuck it. There's kids having fun. But in real life. They probably get shot by the police. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it goes that far, but um, it definitely is. Like the judge definitely will flip his shit and yell at his son, like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? God damn it! You're you moron! You're gonna ruin my career and your career and your whole life's gonna be ruined because you stole a goddamn Halloween costume." Blah. Well, the thing about it is, um, I guess just because of how I feel about laws and rules and stuff is, uh, to me, it, it, conceptually on its own. They're not doing anything wrong. They're just having fun on Halloween. You know what I mean? But I could see getting upset because they might be punished for it. Because obviously, in the eyes of the law, oh, that's theft. I don't know you're going to bring it back. That's, oh, God, the ultimate right, crime. Still like, you know, as blah, much blah, as blah. you might feel that way, um, you don't necessarily have the power yeah. to make all the rules and get them out of trouble. Right. And the authorities aren't going to be like, oh, just kids having fun. You know what I mean? But, no, not especially if they have a black girl with them. I ain't a black man. <laughs> right. LeVar Burton, Burton, he's toast. They picked him up later, though. Yeah, but in the reality of it, I'm just like, that is, they are going to bring him back tomorrow. What's the worst that can happen? They have, you know, fucking a seed pops, they get a little cherry from a joint on it, and they burn a hole. Like, no one's going to notice. Plus, it's also like, even if they do ruin some of the costumes, I'd be like, man, I don't give a fuck about that old, like, racist honky shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the fucking witch finder general who's, like, abusing women. You know what I mean? Like, like, burn that shit. Who he cares? wasn't abusing women. He's protecting the community. He absolutely was abusing women. I've read the Mouse Mouth Carm. I know what they're all about. Like, in, <laughs> my penis doesn't work. We got to beat women. 
It'd be interesting to live in an old New England spooky town where the witchcraft really happened so I could go out in the woods and hang out with the devil and become the most powerful witch. Pretty sure that's not how it works, but yeah, I wish you the best of luck. That's what happens at the end of the witch. The devil shows up. He yeah, but she doesn't kill all the hunkies. She just goes and hangs out with some other witches and then she floats up in the sky. Ooh, I mean, that might be deliciously. That might be cool, too. I'll just be a more proactive witch because I'll be a man and no one will suspect anything of me. And then you're a warlock. Except for um, in uh, Germany, Lavatch. um Iceland, and some of the other like Northern European Lavatch. places, they killed um, more men than women during their witch hunts. So they were on to something in Europe. They're on to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I think this movie's cute. Um, it's a bit of a lost media sort of situation, which is cool. Uh, contemporary reviews did not enjoy it. Rick Sherwood of the San Bernardino Sun deemed the film a less than satisfying teenage monster movie, adding the two-hour made-for-TV movie is billed as a humorous horror romp, but the midnight hour is really a campy monster bash in which revived corpses break into song and dance. Expect neither tricks nor treats, just lots of rock music, fake-looking special effects, and slow-moving scenes. I don't know if it's all that bad, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, he's not wrong. I just don't know why he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because it's billed as a humorous horror romp, and it, it is. Uh, the, the humor doesn't exactly work all the time, but it makes up for it by having unintentional humor throughout it. And he's, it, it really ends up being a campy monster bash with uh, bad special effects and slow-moving scenes. Slow-moving scenes kind of boring, but can't be monster bash i'm into it we all love a little monster bash last week on the podcast i was like oh is this maybe uh, i can be personally responsible for revitalizing the uh, the popularity of this film based the on all it is probably not but we're gonna give it a shot all the listeners of vhs call all the fans of the bay area and kissing girls and whatever else this podcast is about um uh, turns yeah, out that's about barry and kissing girls I'm just trying to think about the things we talk about the most. I talk about kissing girls quite a bit. Bay Area comes a lot up a lot. Basketball, um, 80s professional wrestling, uh, <laughs> 90s professional wrestling. Um, anyhow, it seems like people perhaps. Now hold on, I want to talk about Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. <laughs> he did. He wasn't signing any of the girls. Shawn Michaels though, he was signing all the girls. Oh, Mari Gennetti's been um, on YouTube uh, doing shoot interviews recently. I've been listening uh, to him. He's weird. he got a lot of a lot of crazy stories. He's um obviously has some uh, uh, mental problems from I'm guessing CTE and drugs, but he's uh, probably actually one of the most interesting uh, shoot interviews I've seen. Him and Kevin Nash are like the most coherent and have the best stories. But anyhow, uh, it looks like the people are already kind of aware of this movie. Um, so maybe I won't be the stalwart um, Jesus type figure I wanted to be with regards to bringing the good news of Midnight Hour. <laughs> you start knocking on doors? Yeah. I'm from the church the Midnight Hour. The okayish news? Because I grabbed a couple retrospective um, reviews. First one's Robert Fershing from All Movie. He wrote, uh, don't care. Yeah, cultists and complete, complete, completists. Shouldn't I think completionist is probably what you meant? 
may find it worth a look for camp value alone, but most will want to give it a wide berth. Which, no, obviously I like it because of the first uh, sentence. (laughs) (laughs) That that absolutely describes my interest in it to a T. But I also think you can trick kids into liking this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I intend to do. (laughs) Yeah, show it to your kids. Trick them. And then similarly in Cyborgs, Santa Claus, and Satan, science fiction, fantasy, and horror films made for television. That's the name of a book. (laughs) That's a long-ass title. Want me to read it again? Yo, I do. <laughs> Cyborg, Santa Claus, and Satan. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror films made for television. Uh, it was written by media scholar Fraser S. Sherman, who also wrote about the Midnight Hour. Yes. <laughs> this pointless film spends far, much time, far too much time with teens partying and dancing and pays much more attention to visuals than the plot. He, he does yes. seem like a nerd. Like, what, what kind of square wrote this? When I watch horror movies, I don't want to see teens partying. <laughs> and there better be way less, way more plot than visuals. I don't uh, want anybody that's a main character under the age of 35. And they need to just talk about their feelings in calm settings. No dancing. No, 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 no nothing too visually exciting. They all need to be in um, wood slatted rooms with the fine brandy, just talking about their days, perhaps talking about the economy. And maybe a spooky sound happens upstairs. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, the stranger rings the telephone. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh, yeah, I've, some... uh, I really don't think that um, I have the same taste as most modern horror uh, movie watchers because I was trying to watch that movie Ouija with uh, with Coops the other night, and I'm like, fucking a. We Did you watch Ouija it. or Ouija: Origin of Evil? Uh, Ouija, what's the first one? Of the oh, Evil. Origin Evil one's actually kind of good. The first one is real bad, so you you messed up. <laughs> yeah, even the bad. even the Origin Evil one's like not. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. It's just I saw it in theaters one time because it was always playing around that time, and I was like, oh, wasn't that bad? But it, you know, it was like a free movie, not free. It's just it wasn't. It was free because my date paid for it, and by date I just mean friend who I kissed. Ooh, which is kind of like a date. Mm, sort of. <laughs> I have plenty of friends who I've kissed and never dated. I yeah, just but do they take you to the movies and buy you a ticket. Yeah, probably. No. <laughs> Sometimes you just kiss your friends, man, and they take you to the movies. At other points, you can be friends for years. Some t- you, in the ten-year period, you've done some kissing, you've done some movies going to, but you never dated. That's the true friendship of life. Um, I did see, uh, just to wrap up on Midnight Hour, I enjoy it. I think you can trick kids into liking it. I think it's perfectly fun for Halloween. I'm glad to have brought it to whoever's attention I brought it to. LeVar Burton's in it. It's cool. Uh, one final IMD fact, IMDb fact I found for the Midnight Hour, the final fact said, Ted King's TV, TV debut. I don't know who Ted King is. And I clicked on his name to look at his filmography, and he's just been in some a few TV shows and shit, but nothing too impressive. So I think Ted King added that himself. <laughs> <laughs> if you were like a low grade uh, like TV movie actor, wouldn't you like make your own uh, IMDb and like Wikipedia page like try to? Hell yeah! If I was like trying to make my way and I'd only been in a few things on IMDb, I'd be like. Kyle McDonald appears in this film <laughs> <laughs> as uncredited vampire number three. 
This is Kyle McDonald's first film. He was unaccredited. You can see him in the background of the coffee shop scene. He's eating a donut. Oh, yeah, I'd do that shit. But <laughs> this is the first time Kyle McDonald shared a film with Robert De Niro. Even though no scenes together. <laughs> they ran on three, three movies together, but never shared a scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not uh, clowning on Ted King for it. I, I love the audacity of it. <laughs> but it does seem to just be like, now's my chance. I know people are going to be watching The Midnight Hour. Actually, that kind of takes away from it. Maybe it wasn't him, because why would he put it on The Midnight Hour? <laughs> I would just That's make his debut. I, well, I, choice. Just, I just make it up and be like, yeah, this episode of Game of Thrones is my TV debut. Hire me. <laughs> uh, it also didn't look like he'd been acting in like the last five or six years. So I don't know. Maybe around 2006, he's feeling a little froggy. Decided to make the jump. Add his own little IMDb fact, Ted King's TV debut. Interesting, uh, four out of five people found it interesting on IMDb. You know, like if you log into IMDb, you can say it's <laughs> I think he's made four separate accounts. <laughs> yep. Teddy King, Toby King, Ted the King, Freddie King. And Theodore King. Would have been action in the, the following week. Next week will be... Basically, the week of Halloween. It will be the ultimate Halloween film for this year. We will be watching 1986's Trick or Treat. Not Trick to be confused. With Trick or Treat. The recent Trick or Treat. There's also a 1982 film called Trick or Treats. We're not watching that one either. Which we might watch it next year. But this year, specifically, make sure it's 1986 Trick or Treat. It's a. No, no, uh, no. 2000s trick archers. It's a rock and roll Halloween undead zombie demon movie. Rock and roll Martian. Yep, you know what it is. <laughs> but except for it's in 86, so what do you think the rock and roll is going to sound like? Probably a lot of, yeah! <laughs> no, I'm sure it's got a lot of punk rock. No, it's, yeah! yeah! It's a uh, fucking decline of Western it Civilization Part rolls. 2. The Metal Years. VH cult annual, VHS cult annual for Halloween 2020 because um, no friends and uh, pandemic uh, roaring back to life just in time for the holidays. I probably will not end up doing anything on Halloween, which means I'll have to put all of my uh, celebratory spirit for Halloween into next week's episode. So, so it's going to be uh, VH cult, VHS cult giant size issue number three. Giant size issue number three. We're talking. This is it's a three-hour podcast next week. Yeah, we also we weren't on Twitch this previous uh, Friday because um, we I weren't felt like butts. Yeah, we just want to do it. You we just didn't do it. it. We'll probably be on this coming Friday though, unless we don't feel like doing it again. And we'll probably be watching John Carpenter's Vampires. So uh, check that out, twitch.tv slash VHS underscore cult KVLT. Also VHScult.com, also spelled KVLT. Uh, send us some emails, rate and review, leave us some comments, start a Facebook fan page, start a subreddit, post in other people's YouTube comments, you know, get the word out there. Don't bother with Twitter, though, because... Twitter's fucking weird, man. I can't stand it. <laughs> the internet's fucking weird. Yeah, the man, people are just... They are just the worst. It's just like, I just wanted to ask everyone on the internet, have you ever ever once just had a real cool time? 
Doesn't seem like anyone's ever had a real cool time on the internet. <laughs> Come on, just have a real cool time. You yeah, well, I mean, in 2020, no one's allowed to have fun anymore. Yeah, but they, they, they all seem to be like people that in the entirety of their life, they've never once had a real cool time. In fact, I doubt they've even listened to the Stooges song, Real Cool Time. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably guarantee that for most people on Twitter, because man, everyone on Twitter has seen square as fuck. Have you noticed that? Again, it's just a funny. And everybody on the internet is fucking square as fuck. You know, if you don't, yeah, that's cool true. People don't spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah, I guess that's the problem I've been buttoned up against. Is I used to be a cool person, but definitely going, uh, becoming sober, and then this pandemic thing has forced me to spend a lot of time on the internet and be around a lot of a lot of uncool people who never had a real cool time. Uh, if you go to my YouTube um, landing page, though, it will look like I'm the biggest fucking nerd loser of all time currently, though, because of um, the research I've been doing into K-pop and VTubers. <laughs> so no one, hopefully no one ever sees that. <laughs> Yikes, that's the VHS cult. Any final words? Zip zap rap. Oh, shit.